It's a destination. We are finally here. Let's go. What is good, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of Destination Dynasty. I am your gracious host, Scott Connery. You can find me on X at Charles Chill FFB. Of course, everything at Destination Devi over at DestinationDevi.com. Sign up for the website and get access to the Discord. You can also get access to the Discord by signing up at Patreon.com backslash allgas. Join the Trades in 5 tier. You get access to bonus content every single week inside the Discord, AMAs, live stream shows, talking strategy, but access to bonus content via the Discord as well if you join either the website or the tier over on the Patreon. And I apologize for not having an episode. I had been very under the weather. I'm still recovering, uh, getting ready to kind of get back into the swing of things, but I had to get this episode out. This is one that I've had pegged for the end of the 2023 season. And it's some t- one of those topics that I think people have a fun time dissecting after every season. And it's talking about wide receivers, thresholds, roster cluggers, kind of doing a rundown on the entire wide receiver landscape. So that's what I'm going to do today. We can call this the roster clogger report. We can call it the threshold receiver report, whatever you want to call it. But I'm going to go through and essentially break down the current receiver landscape. You can look at keep trade cut, but I'm going to do one better. I'm going to use our fantastic Trinity tool over on the website. Check out the Trinity tracker uh, where you can access all of this same information. And I'm essentially going to go through where the cutoffs are. And I'm going to use the roster construction series cutoff that I've released over the past six weeks which is going to be a base of a 12-team start 11 with 30-man rosters and PPR scoring for receivers. So you can start up to six receivers. And generally, in the past, the way that I calculate that wide receiver threshold, which I did talk about a little bit in the wide receiver episode, is the number of receivers that are starting across your league in the receiver spots. So if it's start three with 12 teams, it's 36. And then you generally take the number of receivers that, if you're looking at true war or best ball scoring, end up finding their way into the flexes on a weekly basis. And historically, that number in just PPR leagues, if the tight end premium is 1.5, even 1.75, it's generally around 50 to 60%. So I like to use that 50% number as how many receivers I'm going to be considering inside that threshold. So in this case, you have three receiver spots, 12 teams, that's 36. You have three flex spots that could contain a receiver. And if you figure you want to start a receiver about 50% of the time, that's another 36 divided by two, 18 spots. So you essentially have a wide receiver threshold of 54. Now that is a loose number, but the goal being, The way that we want to roster construct, I don't want receivers outside of that range. With a couple exceptions. One, if there's a path to sell, there are going to be receivers that have value when really they're not part of that threshold or they don't have projection to be part of that threshold. 
So if you want to make an exception, if you want to stray in a rookie draft or a startup and draft a receiver outside of that range, the goal should be, I have a plan for that player. I've talked about that on some prior content, having a plan for the player. Why am I picking a receiver in that range unless, unless I have a plan of, you know what, I'm going to be able to flip that player for something. I'm going to be able to turn that player into a second if this happens. And that's okay, but just understand that plan and don't draft a player and then try to squeeze them into the threshold because you have rose-colored glasses. The reality is there are over 100 quote-unquote decent receivers in the NFL. When I say decent, I mean you look at the name alone and someone may go, oh, that guy could be okay. That guy could have a little value. And this threshold isn't just production. This threshold is a combination of production and market value. So you're going to consider receivers that fit your quote-unquote threshold just because they're valued there. So when you're thinking about this, any receiver that probably goes in the top 50 of this year's NFL draft automatically goes into this range. Now, does that mean that every receiver in the top 50 of this draft is going to produce at a top 50, top 60 level? No way. But from the perspective of the threshold, I'm considering that part of the group. Same with an older productive receiver. Keenan Allen is probably not going to be a top 50 wide receiver once all the rookies come in, in pure market value. But from a short-term perspective or projection, I can probably put him in the top 50 for at least another season. So the key for you as the dynasty manager that is looking at your roster construction is understanding the number, okay? How many receivers do I want? If you remember from this recommendation, I want around seven. How do I build my room of seven? Where do I want to pick them? Do I want a combination of for every Keenan Allen, I have a first round rookie that I have no clue what they're going to do short term. And then what do I have to do with the other five receiver spots that I have in that case? What do I want them to look like? So it's a push and pull. I'm not going to necessarily tell you what receivers not to want or what receivers you absolutely should want. The Trinity tool will do that, and we will cover a lot of that in this episode. But generally, this is about building wide receiver rooms. And the biggest takeaway for me in doing this episode and looking at all this data, and one thing you can do is you can go to the Trinity Tracker, you can pull the 2023 data, and you can export it. You can look at all of the data in one place and literally just sort through all the different categories. And you'll spot some trends in there Uh, that I think are interesting. But for me, for me, the biggest takeaway of doing this report, because what I don't want to do is go through this, because you can literally go through this entire list of receivers from 2023, and you can just go on pure hopium on probably 40 of them. I could go 70 or 80 deep, at least, of receivers where I go, ah, okay, in a lineup league, I could roster that guy which means I could squint and someone could be telling themselves a story about how, well, I know this guy finished wide receiver 74 in Trinity and his market value is wide receiver 80 because he's old. But man, all he has to do is just bounce back a little bit. He can be top 50 next year. And all of a sudden, there's 80 receivers that could be top 50. We haven't even accounted for the rookies that are coming in. And the reality is that's not going to happen. Generally, if you're having to do that type of manipulating to get a player into the quote-unquote threshold, 
they're likely a roster clogger. And then that turns to the definition of roster clogger. It doesn't mean roster cloggers are bad. That's gotten kind of a negative connotation out there. It doesn't mean they're bad. What it means is they are literally on your roster and they would be better off quote unquote clogging someone else's roster. But the benefit is you may be able to get something for those players and free up the roster spot and alleviate yourself of a potential player that likely isn't going to fit the threshold anyway. So we'll go through that tier. I think that's the biggest takeaway for managers is being able to rip the bandaid off on some of those guys that they have sitting on the back of their bench and understanding when I go to look at my team and I'm trying to get to a certain roster construction, do I have some of those guys just hanging out there? And how do I get rid of them? And the reality is you have to probably just go, hey, this is what I'm willing to take. I'll take a third. And the benefit is just getting them off your team and getting something for them. Even if in your mind you're sitting there going, oh man, I really don't want to sell Brandon Cooks for a third. But the reality is he's probably a roster clogger. And so you have to make the decision on those players. Do they go up on the auto accept trade block? Do I try to package them in a deal to move up in the draft before people really see what's going to be available at the 207 versus the 212? But try to be creative with the goal in mind to get them off my team in a lineup league, especially before the rookies come in. I mean, this could be a hell of a rookie class where we might talk about damn near 20 receivers jumping into the top 70, 75 of Dynasty from this class alone. Now, does it mean that there's 20 receivers that I want in this class? Not necessarily, but you're going to have to respect the fact that it's a deep class with a lot of names that may go in the range of the draft that almost forces us to rank them there just with the nature of the way Dynasty assets appreciate when they come into the league. So let's jump right into it. We'll start at the top. I think this is the self-explanatory part, and I'll touch on some existing players in here uh, that I think have started to stand out to me uh, in certain tiers. So I'm going to highlight some players, uh, but really what I'm going to do is just look at the Trinity scores from the very, very top uh, and generally, you know the players at the top, Tyreek Hill, A.J. Brown, C.D. Lamb, Justin Jefferson, Amon Ra St. Brown, uh, Jamar Chase. All those guys are inside the top 12. All those guys are already top 12 dynasty receivers. So they're really just no-brainer players that you don't have to worry about. They're all top 12 receivers. They all have a pretty good shot to finish top five in a given season. So they're valued appropriately, they're priced appropriately. There's not really much more to say about those players uh, in that really high end tier. And then you have some older guys that are in there. Keenan Allen, wide receiver number six in the Trinity score. Well, tied for six or seven with DJ Moore. Uh, but Keenan Allen, top 10. Devontae Adams, top 10. Mike Evans, 11th. DeAndre Hopkins, 12th. Amari Cooper, 17th. Stefan Diggs, 20th. Cooper Cup, 26th. So very interesting that you see that group of all receivers that are 29 or older. Most of those guys are in their 30s at this point. But they're all maintaining elite tier or close to elite tier Trinity scores in 2023. So essentially, you can pencil those guys in as they're, they're not close to falling out of that threshold. They are probably an average year away from being somewhat suspect to be outside of that 
top tier. Now, from a dynasty perspective or value perspective, they're not. But I think it's very safe to say Cup, Diggs, Cooper, Hopkins, Evans, Keenan Allen, and Devontae Adams are all clearly within that high-end threshold, probably can be counted on to be wide receiver twos in that range if you're penciling them in on your roster, but also understanding all of them are on the back end of their career uh, in terms of value. So you feel no qualms at all if you have any of those seven players. Then you go to this next tier of players that had Trinity scores above eight, but are not necessarily considered elite. And I want to touch on this tier because I think this tier is starting to emerge. And I talked about this on Dynasty Portfolio Weekly a couple weeks back about navigating this range of dynasty assets and how I think it's very important because this is generally going to be the second tier that is below the A.J. Brown, C.D. Lamb, Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson. Puka Nakua is probably up there in that range. Amon Ra, St. Brown, Garrett Wilson. It's the tier below that. And we get a lot of questions about the tier below this and what do I do? And I will say this, this has emerged for me as I think something that can be exploited out there on the market. And it's probably better done with teardowns. It's probably better done with using draft picks to just kind of buy a receiver in this range. But it's the wide receiver, let's say 10 through 25 range. And I think the problem with this range for a lot of people is they see some of these players and they all have some sort of limitation. They're probably missing one thing that people go, they're never going to be elite. They're never going to be elite. But then you look at their Trinity data and then you look at their production and you go, well, what is elite? What is the expectation to be elite? And I'll give you the names. The ones in this tier that stand out to me, and they're not names that are crazy. They're just names that there's been fatigue on a lot of them over the years. And I think people have kind of said, well, that's not going to be the wide receiver one in Dynasty. Therefore, I don't really know if I want to buy aggressively in this range. But the Trinity score backs them up. So Brandon Ayuk. Brandon Ayuk is the fourth best receiver in the league, according to Trinity. Now, his points per game over expected... A little high, 3.8. Uh, his war per game, I don't even, you know, I'm not even going to talk about war per game specifically because it's out of context for this discussion. But the bottom line is Ayuk, a 9.17 Trinity score. Now, is he held back by some of the other weapons on his team? Sure. Um, and I think there's just kind of been a, a assumption that Ayuk has too much competition to be great. And I'm not saying he's going to be great, but I think you can probably pencil him in as if I have him, I'm getting top 10 to 25 production from Brandon Ayuk. Ironclad locked. It's just going to happen. Barring an injury, it's not a player that is volatile or at risk of somebody else taking his work or taking his targets. So he's in that group. DJ Moore has always been in this group, but finally this year has been unlocked a little bit. Uh, number six overall in the Trinity, DJ Moore. Uh, so you can firmly lock him into that group as well. Uh, a couple others, DK Metcalf, good this season. I think he's always been a case of very good NFL receiver, but has the NFL body or prototype where people just expected him to be an absolute monster. And he's just not. He is a top 20 receiver, and he is what he is. But he's consistently been there. 
But there was fatigue because at one point, DK Metcalf was damn wide receiver two in Dynasty. And because he's not that, there's almost like, oh man, I don't know how good he is. But I think he's firmly in that range. Michael Pittman is firmly in this range as well. Um, He's been in this range for a couple years. I think he firmly sticks in this range. Uh, Then the other two that you have to consider in this range, George Pickens. And I'll be honest, I was never super high on George Pickens. If you recall last year, I was a detractor of George Pickens. But he's shown this year, and he showed the second half of last year. If you look at his Trinity, the second half of last year and this year, like he's in that range. Is he as good as Michael Pittman or DJ Moore, Brandon Ayuk, DK Metcalf? I don't know if I'd say he's as good, but he's in that tier. So that's probably going to be one if you sort by their price. He's probably one of the more attainable ones, especially coming off a lackluster game in week 18. People remember that. He's probably one of the more attainable ones in this range. And then finally, the other one is Nico Collins. So Nico Collins, probably at the bottom of this range, uh, just because I do think there's going to be some holes in his profile. There's going to be the risk that the Texans draft another receiver or bring in another receiver. But I think you can firmly put Nico Collins in that range as well. But those six stand out to me as clear cut that like tier two receiver, 10 through 25-ish something like that, where you can probably just pencil those in. Most likely out of my seven receivers, I probably want to have like two of those guys. And they're just set and forget. These are players that are within that starter threshold. They are set and forget. If you look at George Pickens specifically, he looks very much like Brandon Ayuk, right? You just start them every week. You just start them every week. But they're high enough on this threshold where if you have them, you're already penciling them in to be starters. And then just make sure I hit some of the other names in there. Other ones are ones that are expected that maybe I didn't touch on. Chris Alave is in there. You may, you know what? You can probably put Chris Alave into that same group, but I do think coming into the season, he was valued in a higher tier, which is why I didn't put him in there initially. Uh, Jalen Waddell uh, was 18th in Trinity score this year, so you can put him in there. Begin like Alave, he was valued higher than that coming in. Uh, so you can at least add him into that range. And then Garrett Wilson, it's funny, between the three, between Jalen Waddle, Chris Alave, and Garrett Wilson. Garrett Wilson has the lowest Trinity score in the group. Uh, he is the first player that is below eight that I would still consider to be in that elite tier. Now, if you sort by Trinity score and value, that's where you start getting uh, the differences, where Garrett Wilson is you know, top seven receiver in terms of value, uh, and his fantasy points over expected. Um, he's a guy that was actually expected to score 17 plus points per game and only scored 13. So you can see that when you see a negative FPOE, you're usually looking at a situation that the receiver was being held back by the offense or by the quarterback play. So you got to put Garrett Wilson in that range. I still probably would value him higher than Chris Olave and easily Jalen Waddle. Uh, but those three were ones that started on a higher plane going into the year and haven't done anything uh, to lose uh, from that range. A couple other names that stick out uh, with Trinity scores over seven that I wanted to point out. So these are guys where you look at their Trinity score and you say, all right, they're not quite in that, you know, 10 through 25 range, like locked into that range, set and forget. But you probably want to round out some of your receiver rooms with these guys as your wide receiver threes, fours, fives. Like they're not quite players where I go, I don't want to sell them. But they're probably also guys where if I have them, I'm going to value their equity a little bit more uh, than what the market's going to value them. Uh, Deontay Johnson, number 23 in Trinity this year, 8.12. 
just another one of those guys that people are kind of like, I don't really know, uh, but showed again that he's a really good receiver. So he's definitely a higher-end threshold receiver that I'm more than comfortable going into next year with. Uh, Drake London's in there. Another one that's very polarizing, but Drake London fits into that category. Uh, T. Higgins fits into that category. T. Higgins and Devontae Smith, again, mimicking each other pretty much. Uh, Both Trinity scores over seven. And the good thing about them is they hold their value uh, because of where they came from. So they're always players that you can probably sell between Higgins and Devontae Smith. Both KTC for both of them over 5,000. So they're still valued as top 20 receivers basically on keep trade cut. So it's nice to have those guys simply for that market value component. A few others, Tank Dell. Tank Dell's in there, wide receiver 25 overall in Trinity. Uh, And then there's this group that you can kind of add to Deontay Johnson as players that posted good enough Trinity scores to say they're clearly threshold receivers. They clearly have a little market value. But if you could sell these types for a future first, they'd be the range of receiver where you may have three or four of these guys and you don't need three or four of these guys and you can go out and probably sell the ones that you can sell. So I already mentioned Drake London, but if you start to look at the older guys in this range, so Deontay Johnson, Chris Godwin, Christian Kirk, Debo Samuel, Marquise Brown, Calvin Ridley, Terry McLaurin, those are all guys that posted close to seven Trinity scores or higher, but they all kind of fit that same range of 27 years or older, And it's not even their age necessarily, as I think there's just generally fatigue with a lot of those players. They're not exciting. They're just there. If you have them, they've been good in the past. Some of them have been very good in the past. But there's just, there's fatigue around them. So those are the candidates, I think. Deontay Johnson, Chris Godwin, Christian Kirk, Debo Samuel, Marquise Brown, Calvin Ridley, and Terry McLaurin. Some of those guys you can't get a first for. You're probably not getting a first for Hollywood Brown, Calvin Ridley, or Terry McLaurin. No chance. But generally, if you could re-roll or you could liquidate, I'd be okay liquidating from that range because I think they're the tier below I was mentioning before with the Pickens and Ayuk and Nico Collins and DK Metcalf, DJ Moore, Brandon Ayuk. They're a tier below that. I'd prioritize those guys as, man, if I can buy any of those guys for a mid to late first, I'd be willing to do it. And if I can sell for any of the guys below that tier, I'd be willing to do that. And that's the Deontay Johnson, Chris Godwin, Christian Kirk, Debo Samuel, Marquise Brown, Calvin Ridley, Terry McLaurin range. Uh, So I kind of wanted to just separate those two. They're all within threshold still, but just wanted to separate maybe the difference uh, between them. Some names I wanted to mention. They're smaller sample size here, but just names to keep in mind. And I think with this, even with a half a season worth of sample size, If you have these receivers, you at least can look twice at, okay, are they roster cloggers or not? I'm not saying they're not roster cloggers. I'm not saying I wouldn't liquidate them because I tend to get a little bit annoyed with some receivers that are in this no man's land where there's something about them that tells me, man, I really shouldn't just bail on that guy for a third. But then I also sit there and wonder, you know, is there going to be anything about them that tells me that they're going to get out of roster clogger potential range or their market's ever going to be such where I'm like, I have to have that player. Uh, And there's just a couple names that fit that criteria. All these guys had Trinity scores over six, but kind of fit in this. I'm not sure what to do with them range. And that's Mike Williams actually posted a Trinity score of 8.17. 
Kendrick Bourne, who tore his ACL midway through the season. He was at 7.13. And then Noah Brown at 6.56. I think Noah Brown and Kendrick Bourne probably have very little market cachet, and both of them you know, been around the block, have been on different teams. Uh, So I think both of those guys are probably roster cloggers. Uh, But more importantly, they're roster cloggers you may not be able to get anything for. Mike Williams is an interesting one. Um, He's a guy that could be cut by the Chargers. But I think he is somebody that if he does recover from his torn ACL, I do think there's going to be people that are willing to buy right back in. Now, what do you want to pay for him? What do you want to sell him for? I think that becomes the discussion of, you know, can I get a 26 second for him? Could I push the time frame out long enough to where I get a second for a guy like Mike Williams? If not, do I want to take a third? Is it worth taking a 24 third or a 25 third? He's a tough one. He's a tough one for me to determine roster clogger or not, but I do think he's probably far enough down on the threshold to where I would probably say, I'll take what I can get for him and just not have to sweat at all like what's going to happen with him. So just to kind of summarize that group, and I haven't done a great job of reading this list all the way down the line. So I mentioned, I think, I'll just read through one through 35 so everybody can get this, and I'll cover some of the other ones. But you had Tyreek, A.J. Brown, C.D. Lamb, Ayuk, Puka Nakua, D.J. Moore, Keenan Allen, Justin Jefferson, Devontae Adams, Amon Ross St. Brown, Mike Evans, DeAndre Hopkins, Jamar Chase, D.K. Metcalf, Chris Olave, Michael Pittman, Amari Cooper, Jalen Waddell, George Pickens, Stephon Diggs, Nico Collins. Then you had Mike Williams. Then you started that second tier of Deontay Johnson, Garrett Wilson, Tank Dell, Cooper Cup, Drake London, Chris Godwin, Christian Kirk, T. Higgins, Debo Samuel, Devontae Smith, Kendrick Bourne thrown in there. Zay Flowers rounds out all the receivers that posted a seven or higher Trinity score. Then I had some others that I mentioned, Marquise Brown, Calvin Ridley, Terry McLaurin, and Noah Brown. So let's talk about this range. This range of below seven Trinity, I'm starting to think about Roster Clogger. I'm starting to think about that name, Roster Clogger. Hashtag Roster Clogger, as I always post on X or on Twitter. But the reason that I'm kind of using this as the cutoff point is, you know, there's 34 receivers above. You could exclude Mike Williams and Kendrick Bourne probably for what I just said. Then there's a couple guys below that, Hollywood Brown, Calvin Ridley, Terry McLaurin that I would probably throw in. Okay, they're definitely not roster cloggers. So we're already up to 35 receivers. And you may have not heard some names you're wondering about, right? And we haven't talked about any of the rookies coming in. I forecast there's probably going to be, and I'm not exaggerating here, 15 receivers that are considered top 60 in Dynasty right off the rip. Like people are going to value the first and early second round receivers at top 50 dynasty receiver value, or very close to it. So let's say conservatively, we're going to add 10 rookie receivers inside the top 60. And I know I said top 54 was the threshold, but let's just call it like top 60. So we already have this name or this group of 35-ish names. We're adding in 10 rookies. We're already up to 45 receivers now where you're like, okay, they're locked in as threshold receivers going into next year. And the other thing I haven't even mentioned is it's not like you want a bunch of receivers within your build of seven on your team that are coming from outside the top 40. Like you might be able to have one or two. And a lot of times one of those might be one of the rookies that comes in and that's more of a value mechanism than it is a production mechanism, right? But it's not like you really want to target, hey, I just need seven of the top 60 receivers. That can be misleading because you can say, oh yeah, I have seven of the top 50 receivers. 
And I go, well, who are they? Well, you know, I got wide receiver 43, 45, 47, and 50. Okay, well, technically you fit the criteria, but your build is on the lower end, right? Like you still want to look for upgrades or look for ways where you can make that seven as strong as possible. Because that's the biggest goal here is I want my seven threshold receivers, but I want my receivers to be locked and loaded and sit and forget and not have to go, I don't know if that guy's going to finish top 36 this year. Like you want it to be as strong as possible, as insulated and bulletproof as possible. So I'm probably wanting to be even tighter than that top 54, right? I'm probably wanting to look at like the top 40, top 45 as my cutoff. Maybe I'll make one or two exceptions, but I really want that to be the cutoff and that to be the standard. So we'll look at this list. And I think from that point forward, other than the couple that I've already mentioned, there's some other names that I have not mentioned that people are probably going, oh, well, that guy's easily a threshold receiver, right? So I'm going to throw out some of these names. Two I wanted to point out that these guys were wide receiver 35 and wide receiver 36 in Trinity. Now they're on the same team. They've been on the same team for years. People generally have differing opinions on these guys. They've wavered from year to year. 2021, it was all one guy. 2022, it was all the other guy. 2023, it was back to being this guy. But you look at their trinity and you guessed it. The names are Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton. 6.97 trinity for Judy, 6.95 trinity for Sutton. Judy's fantasy points over expected negative 1.7. Cortland Sutton's positive 2.6. So essentially they had about the same expected fantasy production this year. And that's interesting because the market says, well, Cortland Sutton's way better than Jerry Judy. A year ago, they said Jerry Judy was way better than Cortland Sutton. Reality is both of these guys could be on the move. Both of these guys could be on new teams. And most likely both of them are right on that fringe of they're good to have because if they move teams, there's a mechanism of sale for both of them. But they're both probably really close to roster cloggers. So don't get caught up in the hopium of what Judy could do on a new team or what Sutton could do on a new team or what Sutton could do if Judy's not there. Like, don't sell yourself on that hopium. Have the discipline to say, hey, if I have Sutton or Judy and the opportunity comes up where I can sell one of them for a second round pick, boom, gone. Discipline says, take the pick free the roster spot, I probably want to aim for a different type of bet with that asset, meaning I want to add it to something. I want to try to upgrade that spot instead of holding on to one of these guys. Because here's what's going to happen. If they both go to new spots, people are going to talk themselves into how those new spots are way better than what they've had in the past. And that, oh, easily Jerry Judy could be top 36. Easily Court and Sutton will be top 36. And the term is just, well, they easily could. Well, yeah, so could a lot of players that I'm going to talk about that are in this range or below. But the reality is there's probably only room for 10, 15 of them. And again, there's 50 names I could mention and people could squint and say, oh, that could be a threshold receiver. That could be a top 50 guy. That could be a top 40 guy. And you're going to hear a lot of those names. So from this point going forward, any name that stands out to you, and there's going to be some exceptions, which I will touch on. But any of these names that stand out to you, you have to explore, all right, I know that guy's decent. I like having him. But what's the market for that player? Is the market still super ripe for that player? And if it is, you probably have to consider, all right, 
this is a guy I may want to liquidate. If I can only bet on players in this range or below, I want to bet on the ones that don't cost anything because the Trinity numbers don't lie. There's players that you're going, there's no way that guy's better than that guy, but some you can sell and some you can't. So we'll get onto the list. Aside from Judy and Sutton, uh, you have some old guys that are, you know, these are guys that are below the tier of the old guys that I mentioned earlier. Tyler Lockett, Adam Thielen, clearly, Odell Beckham, Jacoby Myers. All those guys fit in that range of like, they're a tier below the other old guys. And there's some interesting guys in there. Tyler Lockett, Jacoby Myers. I don't think you can get seconds for them right now, but I bet you you can re-roll for a third and a fourth. And a lot of people, ah, man, I don't know if I want to sell those guys for a third and a fourth. Trinity numbers say you should. Not that they're not good, but they're definitely not bulletproof from not being potential roster cloggers. So I think those guys are players that have some veteran appeal they've produced before uh, that you may be able to move off of. Uh, a few young guys in this mix, Christian Watson. Uh, one thing that's real fascinating, I think Ray's going to talk about this in the future at some point um, as he hones in on doing some of the Trinity content, which is going to be uh, something that's proprietary to uh, the subs over in the Discord or on the website. But uh, the Packers receivers, they're all very similar. Christian Watson, 6.55. Jaden Reed, 6.5. Romeo Dobbs, 5.5. Dontavian Wicks, 5.12. Four receivers between 5.1 and 6.6 Trinity score on the same team. And clearly some of them have a market and some of them have lesser of a market. But it makes me really wary of a guy like Jaden Reed and Christian Watson because people still like those guys. They will immediately go, well, Christian Watson and Jaden Reed are the two best receivers on the team. I'll buy them. Romeo Dobbs and Dontavian Wicks, I don't really want them. Trinity says they're closer than you probably want them to be. So that doesn't mean that I don't want any Jaden Reed or any Christian Watson, but I'm probably looking at them as more of a value mechanism than I am an investment on those Green Bay receivers. Because unfortunately, Dobbs and Dontavian Wicks are on rookie contracts. Like they're not going to just go away. So it might be one of those rooms where you go, it's going to be really hard for anybody to stand out. It's a great problem for the Packers to have but it's probably not a fantasy situation that I want to be bought into on really any of them. Uh, a few other names, we get to a lot of the rookies this year. And again, I'm still not even 100% on how much I want to ding a rookie. What is a good relative rookie Trinity score, right? Uh, but I sorted these guys, anything below a 7 Trinity, I sorted them by market value just because I kind of wanted to see, all right, where's the market bias uh, in this range. So there's some rookies in here. So these guys all had Trinity scores over six and were rookies. Uh, Rasheed Rice, Jordan Addison, both of them are in that range. So with those two, they've already been valued. They're probably very similar. They're probably a little better than what their Trinity score says because they're rookies. They didn't play a ton right away. Like These aren't guys that were like starting from day one. So you can look at their Trinity score and say, eh, they're not as good of a player as Cortland Sutton or Jerry Judy, right? Like they were rookies. So I think it's fair to say they're in another tier. Uh, the third guy that fits in this range, and this is going to be one of the roster clogger targets that I'll be going after, is Demario Douglas. So Demario Douglas of the Patriots, 6.42 Trinity. I think the thing with Douglas is he didn't have any capital. He's not a player that people really knew of much coming in. They knew he was fast, but there really wasn't a ton of hype for him until training camp got here and the preseason got here. But I think he's one of those bailout options where I've mentioned a lot of names that have some name value. 
and then there's Demario Douglas. So if worst case scenario, you're stuck with some of the guys that I'm here about to mention in a couple minutes, or you have a Tyler Lockett, or you have a Jacoby Myers, or something like that. Like, can you find a way to convert one of those guys into Demario Douglas? I think they're very similar bets, uh, but I think he was very, very impressive looking at this data. Negative 1.4 fantasy points over expected, which means he should have done even more than what he did. That can probably be attributed to his situation, but he's one that I want to buy. And I don't really say I want to buy many players, but if I'm looking for a decent bet to be a threshold receiver, to fill out my seventh receiver spot and do it in a way where I don't have to go just buy his market price. I can go flip one of these other players with some name cachet and get him. I kill two birds with one stone, right? Like I get off of a receiver that I'm not confident in being within the threshold and I use their name cachet or their market value to get a guy like Demario Douglas, who was a little bit of a better bet. This is assuming I can't sell them for a second. I can't liquidate some of these guys for just draft capital. I'd prefer that, but Douglas would be one of those guys that I would go for if that was the other option. Uh, Josh Palmer, 6.43. Didn't mention him, but that's a firm. He is the poster child of, I'll just take a third. He is what he is. He's okay. He's been in this range for a couple years, but he is what he is. So if there's ever a world where the Chargers are like, ah, we got to get rid of a receiver or two, we maybe have to cut Mike Williams, maybe have to cut Keenan Allen, Josh Palmer's a guy you just sell. You just take what you can get, not somebody that I necessarily want to deal with. Uh, A few others. We go down a little bit. uh, Below six Trinity now. Jackson Smith and Jigba, 5.02. Josh Downs, 5.69. So those are two rookies that clearly a tier below Rasheed Rice, Jordan Addison, and Demario Douglas. But I think good enough to where you're like, all right, I can see a little bit of some market steam for both of them in the offseason. But I think it's also fair to say with where JSN started, there are other options you could pivot to from Jackson Smith and Jigba. Can you get into that tier that I mentioned earlier? The Ayuk, the Pittman, the Metcalf, the DJ Moore, the George Pickens, the Nico Collins range. Can you get into that tier using Jackson Smith and Jigba? I'd prefer to do that because I still think his name cachet holds a ton of value. I mean, look at his KTC value. 5171. Compare that to DK Metcalf, it's higher. Michael Pittman, it's higher. George Pickens, it's higher. Nico Collins, it's higher. DJ Moore and Brandon Ayuk are slightly above JSN. But those other four, he's clearly higher than. So I think he's one of the ones where, depending on how much exposure you have him, I want to have a couple JSN shares. You know, there's a chance that it was just a slow start for him as a rookie and he ends up being kind of firmly in that range with Pittman or DJ Moore. Like there's a range of outcomes that that happens. But if I have a lot of Jackson Smith and Jigba, I'm targeting maybe a couple players in that range that I don't have a ton of and seeing what pivots I can make. A couple others that I want to highlight. I already mentioned Romeo Dobbs, uh, 5.5 Trinity. Uh, These names are ones that are pure hopium. Take what you can get, get out, walk away. And I'm mentioning them here because they actually have some name value. They have some actual market value. And that that is the biggest key when it comes to this tier of player. Is once you get below, let's just call it even a Trinity score of six, you're in the range of players where you are basically now saying, who wants these guys? What can I sell these guys for? And the higher end of this range, from a KTC standpoint, are the ones that are the automatic sells. Anyone below that, 
that has a lower Trinity score and a low KTC score, reality is you're just going to cut those guys. And I'll talk about some of those names later that might surprise you. But I'm focusing on this Trinity score below six, but KTC value above, let's call it 2,000. So if you look at Keep Trade Cut, if you go to their actual trade calculator and you look at the, the range of players that are in 2,000 and just see the equivalent of what like pick ranges are in there. So I'll take a look real quick, sort by wide receivers. 2,000 for that is right around like wide receiver. Let's call it 2,000 to 3,000. You're somewhere around like wide receiver 45 to wide receiver 70-ish. This range of player is the equivalent of like a 24 late second and then a mid-second or an early second in 26 or a mid-second in 2025. So I think there's a good chance you can get seconds for some of these guys. Now, you may have to take a 26. You may have to take a better team's 25. But the point is, everybody on this range or on this list are players I'm trying to liquidate. Their numbers do not support that they are anything other than firm roster cloggers, meaning highly unlikely to be like top 50 producers. So I'm just going to share some of the names. Uh, so Jamison Williams, classic case of a guy you would liquidate. You can get a second rounder for Jamison Williams. He has one of the higher KTT, KTC scores for these receivers that are below six Trinity scores. Uh, Jahan Dotson follows him right up. A uh, 3.07 Trinity score for Jahan Dotson. Absolutely pathetic. And he's still a guy you might be able to get a future second for. So any second is a slam dunk. Hell, I would even take a running back and a third a backup quarterback and a third, but these guys I just don't want. I just don't want the players on this range, especially the more valued ones, that they're still a market. Uh, Romeo Dobbs is probably in there, 5.5 Trinity. He has a better Trinity score than most of them, and he still has some value, but I think the value of 31.28 for Romeo Dobbs on KTC uh, at wide receiver 43 right now, that outweighs any sort of production that I might be able to get to him, especially with what I mentioned earlier about the Green Bay wide receiver room. Uh, Quentin Johnston, pathetic, 3.28 Trinity score. Somehow still is a top 50 wide receiver market-wise. Wide receiver, 48, ridiculous. He's an easy liquidation candidate. Uh, Marvin Mims, Trinity score, 4.2. Pure hopium on Marvin Mims. Uh, There will be a sell window when Jerry Judy and or Cortland suddenly leave. Uh, So that's another one where you just say process-wise, as soon as there's some positive news for Marvin Mims' situation, see ya. Michael Wilson, same thing. Uh, somehow still trading for an early third, late second. Uh, Trinity score 4.45. Very similar to Mims. Not players I'm willing to bet on to ever hit the threshold. So both those guys can sell. Uh, Gabe Davis. So Gabe Davis is a player I'd, I'll take a third for. I think the best situation for Gabe Davis is over. Uh, his Trinity is 5.77, so it's not absolutely awful. Uh, but we've kind of cycled through Gabe Davis as a threshold receiver. And he took a step back this year to where even if you just started him constantly every single week, like I've been saying for the last couple of years, if you're going to roster him, you need to have him in a spot on your team where he's your wide receiver six, wide receiver seven, and you're starting him every week. None of this, oh, well, I have him on the bench and I'll start him every once in a while. No, you're losing most of the war if you have a guy like Gabe Davis. So below this, these are all liquidation candidates. I'm just going to read them off in order. Dontavian Wicks, Rashid Shaheed. Elijah Moore, Jonathan Mingo, Jalen Hyatt, Traylon Burks, Wandale Robinson, 
Rashad Bateman, Khalil Shakir, Alec Pierce, Trey Palmer. That's the list of players that are above 2,000 in keep trade cut. But Trinity numbers say they are just roster cloggers. They are automatic liquidation candidates. So again, if you have those guys, there's some names on there that people like, man. Traylon Burks, man. Elijah Moore, Jonathan Mingo, Rashid Shaheed, Jalen Hyatt, man. Really like Jalen Hyatt, right? There's a lot, a lot of people can talk themselves into these names. But the firm reality is in a 12-team start 11, pure roster cloggers. And the reason I say roster cloggers is they actually have value. You could get a pick for those guys. You could get a third probably for Rashad Bateman, for Traylon Burks, for Elijah Moore, for Jonathan Mingo. But they're roster cloggers. So take advantage of those names when you have them because I'm going to go down the list a little further and there's not going to be many names in here. I'm going to ask you, could you get a third for any of these names? And you're going to probably listen along and be shaking your head. Nope, 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 nope. So we'll go down a little bit further. These are the names where I go, all right, they're either old, old and not very good, or young and not very good and really never had any value. So you start getting the theme here when you start looking at the names or hearing the names. So you have Brandon Cooks. Brandon Cooks is a guy that people might have some perception that he was really good this year. He had some good games. Uh, if you get a third for Brandon Cooks, see ya. Rondale Moore, Cedric Tillman, Zay Jones, Tutu Atwell, Darnell Mooney, Parker Washington, Tyler Boyd, John Mechie, KJ Osborne, Greg Dortch, Trey Tucker, Sky Moore, Woof, Xavier Gibson, Kadarius Tony, Woof, Kadarius Tony and Sky Moore, both 1.95 Trinity scores. Uh, kind of interesting that they are both very, very, very far down. Uh, but it's funny because KTC is adjusted. Those guys are useless. I cut Sky Moore in a league. Like those guys are down from KTC standpoint to useless territory. They are cuts and people are still holding them because of where they started. You, you would have no qualms cutting Greg Dorch. You'd have no qualms cutting Tutu Atwell. But people, oh man, I just can't cut Sky Moore and Kadarius Tony. Because of where they could have been, man, or where they were two years ago. I just can't do it. Uh, other names, Tyler Scott, Jake Bobo, DJ Chark, Darius Slayton, Michael Gallup, Jalen Tolbert, Donovan Peoples-Jones, uh, Michael Thomas. So Michael Thomas is the first one on this list. Uh, him and Darius Slayton that had Trinity scores damn near close to six, where Michael Thomas 5.2, Darius Slayton 5.8. But it's funny because Michael Thomas had a Trinity score over five, but his KTC value is so far down that there's really no market bailout anymore on a guy like Michael Thomas. But it's just interesting to see of this group, like nobody has good Trinity scores in this group. And then you get to Michael Thomas and you're like, oh, he's over five, but he's that far down. And there's really not a reason to think that he's ever going to hit threshold status again. But it's just interesting to see his name on that list uh, and have such low market value. Uh, Calvin Austin, Tyquan Thornton, Josh Reynolds, Isaiah Hodgins, Juju Smith-Schuster, Terrace Marshall, Justin Watson, Diami Brown, now we're starting to get into some really, really low names. Alan Lazard, that's another one. Alan Lazard, it literally is a cut. All these names that I mentioned, when I, after Kadarius, Tony, Sky Moore, but probably before those guys, these guys are cuts. These guys are cuts, people. Tyler Boyd is a cut. Michael Gallup is a cut. Donovan Peoples-Jones is a cut. Darnell Mooney is a cut. Now, if you can give me a world where they go somewhere else and you can sell them, for something, then fine. But there has to be a path 
to liquidating and freeing up the roster spot. Like I literally will go through my teams. If I have the time, I will spam players like this for a fourth. And if everybody rejects, see ya. You know, drop Tyler Boyd, Juju Smith-Schuster, Sky Moore, Kadarius Tony. Let someone else pick them up. Hell, if you have a couple of them, the same person may pick up all of them. The win there is you freed up roster spots. The the other win is someone else is wasting them on those players. Like that's the reality of having receivers in this range. And you have to clean up your teams to try to get closer to that seven number. So that's the end theme takeaway with this. Um, you can find the whole list. You could sort it by Trinity score. You could sort it by keep trade cut price. Go to the Trinity tracker. Look at the Trinity data tab and you can export it to Excel or PDF or however you want to look at it so you can see it all in one place. Just kind of filter through it. And remember, when you're looking at this threshold, it's a little humbling because we tend to kind of think, okay, if a player has value, then there could be within inside the threshold, right? Like I kind of think, oh man, somebody like Elijah Moore, he has some value. But very easily when you go through an exercise like this, you can spot where people still think like Elijah Moore is worth a second. And there's nothing about him where you're like, he should be worth a second. It, it's literally a missed price range of players because people tend to gravitate towards receivers, right? Because they're safer, they're longer term, they have some pedigree. But when you have a guy like Elijah Moore that's firmly been in this range for multiple seasons, at some point you go, you know what? He's just an admitted roster clogger. He's going to give me you know, nine points a game for his career. He's going to be outside of that threshold. So just sell them. Take advantage if you have some of the names on the higher end. Gabe Davis, Dontavian Wicks, Rashid Shahid, Elijah Moore, Jonathan Mingo, Traylon Burks, Jalen Hyatt, Rashad Bateman, Wandale Robinson. Pure hopium with most of those names. Take advantage if you have them. With the key being just getting rid of them. It isn't get a second for them. It's get rid of them. Get a third. Get a third and a fourth. Get a third and a running back. Get a third and a backup quarterback. Add a third to them to get a second. There's a lot of creative ways that you can move those players because of where they currently stand. And here's the cold, hard truth about this range is as time erodes them a little bit more, give it one more year. And I bet you all 12 of those guys have fallen in keep trade cut. Why? Because they're roster cloggers and there's nothing exciting about them that will make people go, Ooh, I want that guy more. I need to push him up and keep trade cut. They're just going to slowly fall. As they age, I mean, the, the thing that stands out about all of them is they're all within like their first three or four years of their career. So people still go, oh man, what could be? And the reality is what could be is just going to be uh, an inevitability that they just fall a little bit because they are what they are. So hopefully this was helpful. Hopefully this helps you go through your wide receiver rooms. Um, I'm trying to be really tight with mine. I'll check my teams, use it against this list and be very cognizant of receivers that I'm rostering outside of this top 40, top 45. And that doesn't even include the rookies. That's why I said like top 40, top 45, because I'm assuming there's going to be, you know, 10 to 15 rookies that get thrown into that mix as well. So even if I'm loosening up the standards a little bit, top 60, including the rookies, anything that's in that like 45 to 60 range and clearly below it are things I have to take action on for my roster construction going into 2024. So with that, I will end up uh, wrapping the show here. Check out everything over at DestinationDebbie.com. The Trinity Tracker is a lifesaver. If you're trying to decipher receivers, there's so many different things you can do with that. So 
subscribe to it through the site, check it out, run some of your own mocks or sims through there and kind of see what takeaways you get from it. You know, plug in some players, see what they look like. Just play around with it, share it, talk about it. Uh, we continue to do a, t- a lot with it at Destination Devi, and we'll be highlighting it a ton throughout the offseason. The War Tracker is a lifesaver. If you are interested in a free call with me on Didit, D-I-D-I-T, download it in the Apple Store for iOS, iPhone, iPad, whatever you might use. Uh, and I will go through a roster construction cleanse slash war breakdown in your given league. Uh, and you get a free call with Did It. It's like a FaceTime call. Just message me uh, either on Twitter saying you're interested in the Did It call or on the Did It app itself. You can download it, message me on there. Uh, we'll set up a time. Currently booking times for the third and fourth week of January. So if you're interested in one of those where we can go over your full roster construction breakdown of what it should look like, uh, let me know with that. Uh, more great content coming from Trades in 5 and from Destination Devi. We're revamping our content schedule for 2024. Uh, so stay tuned for some announcements on things that will be coming very soon. Uh, super excited to get the offseason started. Uh, this episode and the quarterback episode for me are ones where I kind of am like, all right, let's time to move towards the offseason, starting to talk macro stuff, roster construction, team building, everything resets. I mean, the reality is like 90% of the player pool, it resets. You got your studs, you got the assets that you know people would trade for, and then it's like everything else. And now I want insulation, I want good roster construction, I want draft picks. Uh, We're so far away from the season at this point. It's kind of fun and refreshing to kind of sit back, digest what just happened, and start planning for 2024. So I'm excited. Glad everybody's rocking with Destination Devi. Thank you for that. Thank you for all the support uh, in this past year. It was a big transition for myself, moving over to Destination Devi full-time, taking a full-time position over there. Uh, So it's been, you know, a lot. There's been a lot of uh, change and things to adjust to, but I'm super excited for where we're headed. Uh, With that, until the start of the official offseason next week, I will go ahead and sign off. Be chill, everyone. There's a rumor going down about me.